Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. We're going to get into the Word in just a minute. I'm going to share some thoughts with you. I'm hoping I'm going to uh, help you in your journey with Jesus. You know, the cool thing about church is, uh, well, at least this church is this, is that it doesn't matter where you are in your faith journey, you are absolutely welcome here and you belong here. So you might have been a Christian for uh, more years than you can remember. You might, ha- you might not even be a Christian yet. You might just be exploring this whole thing. Whoever you are, I believe the Bible is actually relevant to you, can speak to you, and can meet you right where you are. You don't need to be anything to belong here, right? That's the truth. Can we agree around that tonight? You don't need to be anything, say anything, do anything to belong here. You belong here because you're a child of God and He loves you. And I uh, hope this word speaks to you tonight. Is that cool? All right, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into the word. Lord, I just thank you for your word tonight. I'm asking that you would speak through me tonight. I am just a person with a microphone without you. But when you come and your spirit comes on a word, it changes lives. So we're asking Jesus that you'd open your word to us tonight and that you would speak to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Uh, well, to start off with a question tonight. Question is this, who does not like the feeling of being out of control? Just give me a hand up if you do not like the feeling of being out of control. Uh, I don't like the feeling at all. In fact, um, who's, who's kind of like would rather be in the driver's seat than the passenger seat when someone else is in control of the car? Uh, I'm always, whenever I'm on a plane, I'm just like running this story in my head, questioning the background of the pilot, thinking I'd fly the plane better. I'm like, I don't know this guy. I don't know how he's going to get me to safety, right? We, we don't like this feeling of being out of control. Uh, I don't like the feeling of watching my mum operate social media. I, I want to jump in and take control when I'm watching her push the buttons and all my wife trying to send a text message. I just want to take control because it takes longer than it should, right? We don't like the feeling of being out of control. Anybody with me? Yes, I don't, I don't like the feeling. The th- something happened to me this week that was really funny. Uh, I got home, it was about eight o'clock and, um, and Hannah, my wife, um, was watching TV and I was thinking like, we're going to roll, I'm going to roll in, we're going to put some office on, we're going to laugh, who likes the office, love it. Steve Carell, what a man. Uh, but we were, I was hoping that this was going to happen and I walk in and my wife is watching this show called A Million in a Day, which is about babies being born, right? And anyone who knows anything about babies being born, you don't need to know a lot. I don't need to go into a whole lot of detail other than to suffice. You do not want to see it more times than you have to, right? It is like a horror film in there. Like it's full on. Uh, so I walk in and, and I'm hearing the sound of a woman in labour and I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, so I say to Hannah, I sit down at the, of the lounge and I'm just like, hey, like, are you watching this? Which is like my way of saying, can we please turn it over? Who knows when someone asks that we're watching tonight? It's like, actually, I hate this. I want to turn it over. Um, and she's like, yeah, I'm really loving it. And she looks at me with these like big blue eyes and she's batting her lids. She's like, do you want to watch it? And I'm like... <laughs> No, internally. And I'm like, of course, of course. I would love to watch women push babies out for the next hour of my life. No, not really. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sitting there. And I don't know if you ever had this before. Someone's told you about a movie or a TV show and you have already internally decided that you hate it. You ever had that? Like you've made a decision, I hate this, right? Already. And so you, your default is, right, I am not going to like this. No matter what happens, I'm going to hate it. No matter what happens, I have decided that I'm not going to like this show. So I'm there and I'm like, I do not want to watch Babies Coming Out. That's not what I want to do with my Thursday night or whatever night it was. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and these babies start getting delivered on the show. And I'm like... <laughs> and they start sharing their stories of having... And before I know it, like I am pouring tears out of my eyes. And I'm holding out and I'm like, oh my God, do you remember when Gabriel? 
you know, watching me show together. And basically what had happened was, despite all of my attempts to remain in control of my emotions, I was undone, right? You ever had that happen before? I've had it happen in rom-coms before. I've decided that I hate this. I'm not, I am not going to like it. I am not going to laugh. I am not going to get lovey-dovey feelings by the end of it. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. It was okay, I guess, you know, but internally, right, I'm trying to compose myself. We, we don't like this feeling of not being able to control our emotions or control anything because in 2019, this is the time more than any, any other era in the history of the world where we like to predict things, we like to contain things, we like to control things, right? We have invented technology that allows us to predict, to contain, to control everything we possibly can in our lives. And all the millennials in the house are like, not me, man. I'm just so spontaneous, bro. I, I don't want to like predict anything, bro. Like I don't even know what I'm doing next week. Right, I, I don't need man. I'm just like I just go with the flow. I'm going on holidays next week. Don't even know where I'm going, man. Like you know, and, and we like to think we are so spontaneous, right? And, and we say stuff like that, and then we go and check our weather app to predict what the weather will be tomorrow, right? And then we get in the car, and then we put our Google Maps in, and we're like, we, we know how to get there. I don't know if anyone else does this. You know how to get there, but you put it in anyway just to predict how long it's going to take for it to get there, right? And I'm not me, man. Like I'm, I'm spontaneous, bro. Like you know, I don't, I don't predict things. I don't control. That's just not me, man. I just go, I just go with the flow. And then you spend 45 minutes deciding what filter you're going to put on your Instagram photo to predict how people are going to perceive your life. Oh. And then you get invited to a party, but you wouldn't just attend the party. <laughs> you wouldn't just attend the party. You are going to go and you are going to check the guest list on Facebook on that party to predict whether it is going to be worth you rocking up to or not. Right? We are, we, we love, right, the spontaneous vibes. Millennials, we love the spontaneous vibes, but the reality is we do not live spontaneous lives. More than ever, we are concerned with predicting and controlling and containing everything in our lives. But here's the crazy thing we figure if we can predict what's going to happen, if we can control what's going to happen, if we can contain what's going to happen, it's going to get rid of our anxiety about what's going to happen. This is kind of how it goes. We figure if, if we can minimise our fear of the future, we can minimise our anxiety in the present. If I can just stop worrying about what's going to happen, I'm going to have some peace right now. So I'm going to do everything I can to predict, to contain, to control my life so I don't have to worry about what's coming. Vogue magazine just released a statement about the generation coming through right now in their young adults' years about millennials, and they said this, that millennials are the most anxious generation to have ever lived on the face of the earth. And what anxiety comes from is a fear of the future, and we all feel it. We all have that feeling where we don't know what's going to happen, where we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how it's going to turn out. And it feels sometimes like someone is suffocating you when you think about the potential of what could happen in the future. So what would Jesus say to what has been labelled the most anxious generation that's ever lived in the world? First up, I don't want to label us that generation. What I would like to do is put a new label over it, a generation of peace. Come on, because we have Jesus and we're not going to accept the labels that have been put on us. But the second thing he would do is he would say this to us. John chapter 3, verse 8. We're going to put this on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, we have a giant glowing LED one that you can look at behind me. 
says this, John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Think about this for a minute. Jesus comes and what does he say to our generation, the, the anxious generation, the generation that's trying to control and contain everything. He says, hey, 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 I've got some, something to tell you. Uh, the future, if you follow me, is going to be like the wind. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? But then you think about that for a minute and you're like, well, hold on, that doesn't sound awesome at all. Because the wind has got to be the most unpredictable, uncontrollable, uncontainable element that you could possibly describe in in the earth right now. If you were to talk about any element in the world, the most unpredictable, uncontrollable, uncontainable element that is out there, we would call the wind. Some of you are like, hold on a minute, we know how to predict the wind, it's 2019. Really? How many times is Cyclone Tracy going to wipe out Brisbane or Queensland and then it just like, and a chair falls over, right? We don't know how to predict it. But But the image he's painting... Is, is kind of a little bit uncomfortable. He's like, guys, everybody, if you follow me, if you're born in my spirit, if you become a Christian, if you follow me, do you know what your future's gonna be like? It's gonna be like the wind. You're not gonna be able to predict it, control it, or contain it. And it's almost like Jesus, like, do, do you need some PR help? when it comes to selling discipleship and selling following you? Because that's not a great sell. Like if we're following God, surely that means the future is no longer up for grabs. Surely that means that God's going to show us how it's all going to play out. Surely that means that God's going to give us a vision of the next 10 years of your life. I don't know about you, but I haven't had that happen yet. What I've had happen is one year of not knowing what's going to happen, and then another year, and then another year, and another year. I don't know if I'm just not as spiritual as you, But Jesus hasn't rocked up to me yet and said, hello, Samuel. Actually, he wouldn't say Samuel. Samuel's the voice I get when I'm in trouble. He's not mad at me. He'd be like, Sam, here's the next 10 years. I don't know. It just hasn't happened to me. Has it happened to anyone else? I just haven't haven't experienced that yet. Um, And it's it's almost like an anti-sell. It's not a great sales pitch. But but here's the thing. I I don't know if if this whole thing we're being sold of in culture right now, being in control, is, is actually all it's cracked up to be. Because you think about it for a minute, if you are in control, if you are totally in control of your life, that means that all the responsibility for everything that happens in your life lands on you. I mean, I don't know if that's, would we really want that? Would we really want absolute responsibility for everything that's going to happen in your life? I don't know if I would want that. And in fact, some of us are carrying guilt and shame and condemnation Because we believed that we were in control and that everything that's happened to us was our responsibility. See, some of what messes us up is when we believe the opposite to what Jesus said, that we are the one who controls the wind, that we are the one who controls the future. And because we've lived with that belief system, we have believed the lie that things that were done to us, things that happened to us, things that went on around us were somehow our fault and somehow our responsibility. But while I was preparing this message, I felt God speak to me tonight that some people, you're going to come into this place tonight with this weight of responsibility on you, thinking that that bad 
bad thing that happened was somehow your fault and God is speaking to you tonight to set you free of condemnation and guilt and saying it was not your fault, it was not in your control, it was not your responsibility, it rests on God alone. And He doesn't want you living in condemnation, come on, or fear or guilt one second longer because He is the one, come on, who controls the wind and not you. It's good news. It's good news. Oh man, I I don't know, but I I think it's good news to think that it is not all in my control, but there is someone bigger, someone greater, someone stronger who is in control, and that person is not me. I don't know about you, but every time I've tried to play God in my life, it has ended very badly. I want to read a scripture to you from Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. It says this, it's a story of Jesus getting in the disciples with, getting in the disciples, no, in the boat with the disciples uh, to go over to the other side, Matthew 8, 23 to 27. It says they all got into a boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. Jesus, exhausted, fell asleep. Suddenly a violent storm developed with waves so high the boat was about to be swamped. Yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. The disciples woke him up saying, save us, Lord, we're going to die. But Jesus reminded them, why are you so gripped with fear? Where is your faith? Then he stood up and rebuked the storm and said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. The disciples were astonished by this miracle and said to one another, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey his word? For some of you right now, you're looking into the future. You're looking into life. You're looking into the wind that Jesus spoke about. This unpredictable, uncontrollable, uncontainable future that Jesus speaks about. And you're so crippled by fear of the future and all the possibilities that it could hold that it has caused you to do nothing in the present. It has caused you to freeze up because of the fear of what could be. You're so uncertain about whether you can pass that degree or not that you just never apply. You're so worried that you can't get that job so you just never put in your resume. You're so afraid that if you open up to someone, you'll be hurt that you've just decided, I'm never going to open up. So apprehensive that if people saw the real you, they would reject you and you just, so you just live your life as half of who you really are. So unsure of your ability to dream and make it happen that you just stop dreaming. You're in a position where you've locked up because you don't know how it's going to play out. My my wife, um, she's what I like to call a tab queen. I don't know if you're a tab queen or a tab king. I'll explain to you what it is. These people are people who have not one tab open on their internet browser, not five tabs open, not 10 tabs open, not 20 tabs open. These people have about 50 tabs open, come on, on their internet browser at any given time. And there are so many tabs open that you can no longer even read what the label of the tab is. And you spend about 20 minutes going through the tabs just to get to the tab that you were meant to tab earlier before you tabbed. Tab king and tab queen. And what actually happens is, I've noticed this on Hannah's computer, there are so many tabs open that her, her internet browser starts to lag. Like it gets slower and slower and slower until basically it is inoperable, right? And it's the same with her phone. I'll open up her internet browser and it's like... Like you can't even Google anything because there's a thousand tabs open. And it's kind of like what happens when, when you spend your life consumed and worried about so many different things, so many future possibilities, 
So many things that could be and you're gripped with fear about it and it slows the whole operating system of your life down because you're so worried and so concerned about all the options and all the things that could happen that it has slowed you down from making any decisions in the present. And if you struggle to make decisions, if you struggle to make a move, if you struggle to do it, maybe it's simply because you've got too many tabs open. You're so anxious and worried about all the things that are going to happen. But I believe Jesus wants to do tonight what I do to my wife pretty well every single day. I walk up to my internet browser, I close all the tabs and I say, hey, we're going to focus on the one thing that's worth focusing on right now. And it's Jesus and He's all surpassing, all knowing, all encompassing, come on, peace of God that can reign in our hearts beyond all understanding. Some of you, it's, it's, it's time to, to close the tabs. It's time to stop being consumed by every option and every possibility and all that could happen and trying to contain and control and predict your life and fix your eyes again on the one who can calm the storm, the one who controls the wind, the one whose name, come on, is, is Jesus. There used to be this, uh, this crazy social network uh, software out there. Some of you are probably too young to even remember it. It was this crazy thing. I don't know if you remember it. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It was called MySpace. Come on, who, who ever had a MySpace page? Come on, who remembers copying and pasting that code to get the most sick custom background on your MySpace page you ever saw? Who remembers top five friends? It was a big deal. Like if you were not doing well with someone, you'd get dropped out of their top five. If you were doing really well in your friendship, you would get bumped up to the top. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you it was a big deal at the time. And what used to happen on MySpace is simply this, is if you wanted to be friends with someone, and social media is so public now, but if you wanted to be friends with someone back then, you would do this thing called a friend request, right? And I remember when a friend request would come through, it's not like today where everyone's your friend on Facebook. It was a big deal. It was like, if you are my friend, man, we are actually friends. This isn't some random dude from America adding me who I've never met before. These are actual people that I'm friends with. And if I'm going to accept this friend request, it means something for my life. Here's the truth. Some of you have been getting friend requests about a whole heap of things from the future. You've been getting friend requests from a degree that you're afraid to take on. You've been getting friend requests from a relationship that you're afraid to go deep in. You've been getting friend requests from the call of God, friend requests from all of these areas that God's speaking to you about and bringing into your world and bringing into your life, but you've been denying them because you do not want an unpredictable circumstance to fly into your life. But here's the thing, every time you say no to opportunity, every time you say no to what God's bringing into your life, every time you say no to that friend request, you are missing out on the glorious power and the glorious future that God has for you. There are things that He is knocking on your door right now. There are situations and opportunities that are opening themselves to you and you've been pushing them away because of anxiety and you've been pushing them away because of fear and God says tonight it's time to accept the friend request it's time to accept in faith what you have been rejecting in fear some of you have been rejecting things from coming into your life out of fear and anxiety and God says it's time to stop making decisions based on fear and start making your decisions based on faith it's time to accept some things that God's bringing into your world and bringing into your life and not focus on what could go wrong, but get a spirit and a heart of faith on the inside of you that begins to focus on what could go right. Because you can't control it anyway. So you might as well 
let it in. I think I have this story that I read of the disciples and, and what happened on this boat. And I think about the story because it's kind of crazy. You think about it, they're all on this boat together. They're going to the other side and Jesus, he's there sleeping, he's chilling downstairs, as you do. Like when you're the son of God and there's a storm going on, you can just have a little snoozy, it's fine. He's not worried. And the disciples are upstairs and they're running around, they're freaking out. They're going crazy and so they run downstairs and they speak to Jesus and they say, Jesus, you got to get up here, man. you got to get up here and calm this storm down. And Jesus is like, all right, guys, you know, he's wiping the sleep out of his eyes. He gets upstairs and he's like, okay, all right, storm, wind, waves, everything, just calm down. And then it just, it just stops. You think about this for a minute. A minute. <laughs> you think about this for a minute. A minute is like a, a minute is like a minute. Just 10 seconds longer. I meant to say it. No, I'm joking. But you think about this. (laughs) You think about this. The disciples speak to Jesus and Jesus speaks to the wind and the wind stops. Who here, like in school, when you like had a crush on a guy and a girl and you were too afraid to, to speak to them, you would speak to them through someone else, Right? Like, you don't give them the note directly. You send the note through someone else, right? You don't text them directly. You get your friend to text them and suss out the ground and see if it's fertile, right? If, 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 if this could become a relationship and then they respond to you and then you go ahead, right? Because you understand the power of a mutual friend. See, a mutual friend gives you the ability to communicate with someone that you previously would not have been able to communicate with. And what the disciples were doing on the boat that day is they were passing a note through Jesus to the wind and the waves. What they understood that day is that they and the wind had a mutual friend named Jesus. Here's the thing. The disciples couldn't predict the wind. The disciples couldn't control the wind. The disciples couldn't contain the wind. But they knew somebody who could. It's the power of having a mutual friend. See, here's the thing. Not only did the disciples know the name of Jesus, the wind knew the name of Jesus as well. See, you don't need to know how to control the wind. You just need to know the one who has control of the wind. You don't need to know how it's all going to work out. You just need to know the one who does. You need a mutual friend in your corner who's going to speak to the wind and going to speak to the waves for you. Those things you can't control, those things you can't change have been drawing you away from Jesus, but they ought to draw you towards Him because He is the only one who has the authority and the power and the anointing to change it. Is anyone else excited about that? He is your mutual friend. He is in your corner. And when you call on his name, the wind and the waves obey him. Oh my gosh. Proverbs 30 verse 4 says, Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. What's Proverbs saying? (laughs) It's saying the wind knows his name. The waves know his name. But do you know his name? Surely you know. And yet so often when we're faced with the anxiety and the fear of the future, we speak every other name than the name of Jesus. But Proverbs says you've got to know that name. You've got to know that name. 
The only name that's going to see you through an uncertain future is the name of Jesus. It's not another calendar appointment in your phone. It's not another promotion at your workplace. It's not more job security. It's not a degree under your belt. It's not the name of a title above your name. Surely you know the name of His Son. Come on, if the wind and the waves know His name, we got to know it too. It's the name of Jesus. Come on, I hope you're excited about that tonight. The name of Jesus. Wow. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey his word? You need a mutual friend in your life. There's two responses. There's two responses to the wind that's ahead of you and to the future that's ahead of you. The first is this. It's, it's to build a shelter. It's to build a shelter. What happens when a, when a cyclone or a powerful wind is coming onto, onto the land? I'll tell you what happens is people build shelters. And the thing about a shelter is that it protects you from the wind. And some of you, you live your life that way. You live your life in protection mode. If I don't open up, I can't get hurt. If I don't step out, I can't fail. If, if I don't try, then, then, then it's fine because, because no one can ever mock me for, for stuffing this up. And, and you can live your life in that shelter. And shelters are good because they protect you from the wind. But the thing about living in a shelter is that you live there and you go nowhere. So you can hide from the wind. You can hide in the safety of the shelter. But you're never going to move forward. You're never going to go anywhere. You're going to stay small. Yeah, you might feel safe, but you're going to live small, contained, restricted and predicted, just like you've been living your life and hoping everything would be. The first response to knowing the wind is coming is to build a shelter. But the problem with living your life as a shelter is that you're going nowhere. The other option, the other response to the wind, which I believe is a biblical response, is not to build a shelter, but to build a sail. If my bro can join me on the keys, that'd be great. See, building a shelter is about hiding from the wind. Building a sail is about harnessing it. So you can spend your life hiding from the wind and every possible thing that could happen. Or you can turn your life the other way and harness the very wind you've been hiding from to take you forward to a new place. Matthew 8.23 says, they all got into the boat to cross over to the other side. See, shelters might keep you safe, but only sails will get you to the other side of the lake. If the disciples hadn't have gotten in that boat with Jesus, here's the reality. They wouldn't have seen the storm. Fair call. If they said, Jesus, we are not getting in this boat with you, what would have happened? They wouldn't have seen the storm. And some of you, that's how you live. Well, if I don't get in the boat, if I don't try, then nothing go wrong. I won't see the storm. But if they didn't get in the boat, not only would they not have seen a storm, they also wouldn't have seen a miracle. So it's like, what do I want? Do I want a safe life free of storms? Or do I want a life out there on the water with all the risk, 
but position perfectly to see once in a million things happen in my lifetime, to see the miraculous hand of God intervene and to do things that we never dreamed were possible. I'm telling you, the safety of a shelter is not worth it when it comes to the fact that you can live your life without seeing the miraculous and the one in a million things that God wants to do through you. Oh man, it's rough when it's happening, but when it's over, it's like, man, you know when something bad happens, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. And then about three hours later, you look back on it, you're like, ah, that was so funny. You know how we nearly got hit by that car or we nearly, you know, sorry, that was so funny. It's like, actually, that wasn't funny, but, but gee, it's a good memory. We, we can choose not to. We can choose to stay back, but that's just not what we're called to do. People, people ask us all the time. They're like, you are 27 years old and you are starting a church. What is wrong with you? You know, that's a pretty good question. Why would you do that? The reality is three years ago, we felt the call of God to step into an uncertain future with all the risk, all the financial risk, all the risk of reputation, all the risk of everything that could go wrong, all the risk of people that could hurt us, all the risk of of things that could happen that could turn this whole thing on its head. But we stared it into the wind, not knowing what it would go. And we just figured to ourselves, Hannah and I just figured to ourselves, all of those things could happen. It could all go belly up. It could all fail. But what if we saw a miracle and it didn't? What if we saw people begin to find Jesus who never would have found Him if we hadn't stepped into this boat? What if we began to see a revival in Adelaide University? What if we began to see people being set free? What if people's bodies started to get healed? What if we couldn't contain what God was doing in this building because we stepped out and said, we don't know what the wind's going to do, but we're not going to hide from it. We're going to harness it. We're going with you, Jesus. So would you step out and do something powerful? in our midst and can I tell you tonight that is the spirit of this house it's the spirit of this church we're a risk taking pioneering sailboat church that puts it all on the line and says this is where we're going and we hope God's going to come through and if he can do it with us in this house he can do it for you in your house some of you are getting out of the shelter and you are hoisting your sails. And tonight you are going to stop saying no in fear and start saying yes in faith in the name of Jesus. And God is going to shift something in your heart even now. Even now. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church Podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to novachurch.com for more.